you. Is it centered? That's the main thing. All right. Sounds like the kids have been having a good time, so that's good. But um, let's pray. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name for your goodness. We do thank you that your love never fails. We believe today for our hearts to be open, that we may receive. Lord, I know that you're speaking to each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Uh, if you want to follow along this morning, you can go to rmfchurch.org, click on media, then notes. And uh, we're going to talk today about the heart, a heart like David. Well, I wanted to say uh, last week uh, while we were in worship, you remember I came up and uh, said something Monday, somebody contacted us and said that their back was healed. And uh, so praise God. Thank the Lord for that. So amen. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Uh, I do just want to say um, one thing about uh, baptism. You know, Melody said that next week we're going to be baptizing. If you have been baptized, you say, well, I've been baptized, whatever. You can be baptized again, especially if you know why you're being baptized. You know, uh, I was baptized when I was seven years old, and I don't think I really fully understood it. And um, so I don't have a problem with people being baptized again, or if it's your first time. Uh, I think the most important, well, not the most important, one thing that people don't realize in Galatians 2.20, it says this, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet it's not I that liveth, it is Christ in me. And so uh, Paul wrote that. He was not even at the cross when Jesus was baptized. He was not even there. And yet he said, I have been crucified with Christ. What was he saying? It's the same for all of us. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are put on the cross. We believe that we are put on the cross with him. Why is that important? Because Jesus became dead to everything that the curse was on this earth. Therefore, if he was dead to the curse... Who else is dead to the curse? You and me and Christina, for sure. But, I mean, all of us, all of us have been crucified. You say, well, we're dead not only to the curse, you're dead to sin. Thank you for that enthusiasm. You know, as a church, that's one thing we need to work on. Be enthusiastic while I'm speaking. Anyway... We have been crucified with him. So not, not only are we dead to, the, to sin and to the curse, you're dead to sickness and disease. You're dead to everything that the world says that is natural. No, it's not. And the good news is, Paul said, as Christ was raised, we were raised with him. Amen. So that's what baptism is all about. We are put in the watery grave. 
Our old man was put into a watery grave, and we come out of the watery grave as a new creature in Christ. So you can sign up, all right? That's not what I'm preaching on today, but I'm talking about the heart. And this is, we'll just start off with one of the most important statements. You and I are going to live out of our heart. We are going to live out of our heart. Proverbs 4.23. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellsprings of life. The message translation says, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. One more, the Living Bible. Above all else, guard your affections, for they influence everything else in your life. The reason that I wanted to say David, uh, to have a heart like David, David's heart was just, he was a worshiper. You know, if you study his life, he was far from perfect. Matter of fact, he did actually some very, very terrible things. But God said, he's a man after my own heart. That is why David was so successful. He had a heart after God. And so today I want to talk about our heart because that's how we're going to be successful. That's how you and I are going to be joyful. That's how we're going to have peace. That's how you and I are going to be healthy, healed, and whole and prosperous. Our heart, our heart. Proverbs 16, 6 says this, By mercy and love, truth and fidelity to God and man, not by sacrificial offerings, iniquity is purged out of the heart, and by the reverent, worshipful fear of the Lord, men depart from and avoid evil. So he's saying that if you have a heart that's going to be worshiping, then that's going to help purge the evil out of your life going to help purge the evil out of your life, you know, because when we turn to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted, and you can see the things you've never seen before, and we all need to see things that we've never seen before. In 2 Corinthians 3, 16, it says, the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted, and they see. Now, the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit, and wherever the Lord is, there is freedom. So to be able to see properly, you must turn to the Lord with an open heart. And part of that is worship. What we've been talking about today is not about worship, but that, that I'm connecting the two. Uh, because when you worship, it opens up your heart and causes your eyes to be open and the veil to be lifted, and you can see things you've never seen before. So who are we? What makes you up? Most of you probably know this, your spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. Our body is our earth suit. The spirit, which is inside of you, is 100% perfect. People say, well, I'm not perfect. Well, yes, we understand that, but your spirit, man, is 100% perfect. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says this, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So you don't have you on this side and Jesus on that side. No, inside of you is an intertwining, a combining of you and the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are totally 100% one with him, which means your spirit is perfect. You're perfect. So, 
So spirit, soul, and body. Your soul is not the same thing as your spirit. Your soul is not the same thing as your heart. Uh, the soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. The mind is where you do your thinking, or at least you should think, that is. And uh, I'll get in a little bit more into this, but you don't think with your brain. Your mind is separate from your brain. It does the thinking. Your emotions are based upon what you think. That's what's going to determine your emotions. If people are emotional wreck, that's because of what they've been thinking on. A lot of times people blame that on the devil. The devil, I mean, if you could get him to talk, he'd say, hey, listen, I had nothing to do with it. I mean, I, I was putting thoughts in her head, but they just ran with it like a freight train. Your will is where you're going to make your decisions. That's where you're going to. That's your chooser. But uh, and your body, that's where you have your five senses. Uh, your spirit is how we relate to God. Our body is how we relate to the world in which we live, with our five senses. So the brain, your brain is actually just a processor. It takes the thoughts of your mind. And it processes those thoughts with words, concepts, ideas, and even pictures that you can understand in this realm. Uh, the brain uh, says this feeling is depression. This feeling is joy. Uh, this is hot. This is cold. So it processes what your mind uh, is thinking. For in other words, in other words, I, I would think most people. I'm not going to say all people. But if I say uh, a red apple, in your brain, do you see R-E-D space A-P-P-L-E? No, you don't. You see a red apple inside. So that's what is going on with the brain and the mind. Uh, so your brain takes and what it receives with the five senses and turns them into thoughts. So the brain is like a doorway between your soul and your body, your soul and your body. Your heart is what connects your spirit to your soul. So you have you, you, the spirit man, and then you have your soul over here, and what connects the two is your heart. And then after the soul, and that's why it's so important about your heart, because it affects the soul, which affects the body. You follow me? So... Your heart determines what comes out of your spirit into your soul and ultimately into the body. So your spirit, we said, is perfect. And a lot of times when I was uh, years ago, I thought your spirit and your heart were the same thing. But if you study those two, they are two totally different Hebrew words. Look them up in your Strong's Concordance, two totally different words. And they mean two different things. But the heart. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. This is one of my favorite scriptures, especially in the Passion Translation. It says this. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you've escaped the corrupt desires that are in the world. 
So he's saying everything is in us. Ephesians 3.20 says that, that God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is in us. Everything is about being in us. But as human beings, what is our focus on a lot of times? What is out here? What is out here? And so Ephesians 4, 17 says this. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, Listen, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. So we read in Peter that everything is in us. So what is the problem of what is in us being manifested outside of us? It's the heart. It is a heart issue. And it says that you're not going to have the things manifested because of the ignorance, because of the blindness of the heart. That word blindness just basically means hardness of your heart. You and I do the hardening of our heart. <clears throat> it hardens because of many things. I'm not going to get into that because I got a lot. And I promise you I would get you out decent time. So I don't want anybody catching me at the door saying, complaining about how long the message was. The Bible says a lot about the heart. It says a crooked heart. Your heart can be crooked. It says a perverse heart. It says hardness of heart. This affects how much of the life of God is going to flow out of you and me. I'm going to say it again. That is what's going to affect how much of the life of God that is in us is going to flow to you and me and be manifested. I've got this rough, rough picture that I put together. This is everything that comes out of your heart, your finances, your family life, your health, your mental health, your thought life, everything. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23 that everything comes out of the heart. This is why you and I need to guard it. The word keep means to guard. Proverbs 4.23, let's just read it again. So above all, this is the Passion Translate, guard the affections of your heart. For they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. For from there flows the wellspring of life. Faith, grace, the fruit of the Spirit, it all is flowing out of your heart. When we say, man, I just uh, don't have patience. You do have patience. But your heart is the issue of why patience is not being manifested. Did you hear that? Your heart is the reason why peace is not being manifested. Your heart is the reason why health is not being manifested. Your heart is the reason why you are not prospering. Woo! Because we are truly designed for total success, for the peakness of being happy and full of the joy of the Lord, for the peace of God. 1 Thessalonians 3.12 says this, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love toward one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless. God wants your heart 
to be established blameless in holiness before our God and the Father of our coming Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So one of the main goals of the gospel is to establish your heart. Your heart needs to be established. And you get where the life of God is working from out of your heart. So under the law, people try to work everything from the outside. And a lot of Christians today are still doing the same thing. They want to work everything from the outside, trying to get something to happen by what you do. A lot of counseling is, is that. Well, you just need, if you would do these things and work on these things, then this will help your uh, behavior change. Let me just say this. It will help your behavior change as long as you are disciplined and always on top of it, which nobody can do for a lifetime. If you want to see real change in your behavior, then you work on your heart. Then your behavior will automatically change. That is so good. I'm telling you, if you want your life to change, that I just I just need to work on this. I just really need to discipline this. I just really need, and you'll do that, and you'll be successful. And then all of a sudden, you'll get tired or you'll get weak, and you're back into the what what you were. Why? Because whatever's in your heart is what's going to be manifested. Change is not from the outside in. Change is from the inside out. Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. When change happens in the heart, I'm telling you, your actions are going to take care of themselves. They really will. So whatever is going on in your life is a product of the condition of your heart. Your life that you're living today is because of the condition of your heart. With the discovery of the DNA, every cell in your body knows everything that you know. There's a book uh, a few years back I I told our church, everybody should read it. It's by Caroline Leaf, uh, Switch on the Brain. It's an intense book. It's not one of those books you're just going to rapid read, Uh, but it's switch on the brain. I don't know if I got this from her book, but uh, Eric Kandel, he was a Nobel Prize winner. uh, He's a neuropsychiatrist for his work on memory. He shows how our thoughts, even our imaginations, get under the skin, he said, of our DNA and can turn certain genes on and certain genes off changing the structure of the neurons in your brain. So as we think and imagine, we change the structure and the function of our brain. That's amazing. That is how powerful you are. We are much more powerful than what we think we are. We just think we're in in this lazy river on a raft and we're just floating down. If that's the way you think, then that's the way your life will be. Whatever you believe in your heart, listen to this. Whatever you believe in your heart, they said this, but Caroline Leaf is a neurosurgeon. She says this, whatever you believe in your heart, every cell in your body will work toward of making that a reality. 
Now you're A. If you believe you're not that great of a person, you've experienced rejection, and people just reject you, you are just a rejecter. If you believe that in your heart, you will do things to cause people to reject you, and you will be drawn towards people who will reject you. Everybody blames the devil. He's so powerful. He's so big. He's not at all. He's been whipped by God, and therefore he's been whipped by you. But what are you believing today? If you believe that you should just barely get by, you have this mentality that financially... You just probably shouldn't be successful. Every cell in your body will work to make sure that happens. This is so good. It really is. <laughs> David encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm just doing what the Bible says. Sometimes when I preach, I have to do that because I look at you all and you hear me. Anyway, but um, here's another biggie. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Yeah, this is going to be where the rubber meets the road. You know why God said that he wants you to be, your heart to be established and blameless before him? <clears throat> because if you feel guilty in your heart because of some sin that you did, but Pastor, I just didn't sin. I did one of the biggies. You know, we classify sins as biggie, you know. You know, I mean... Nobody knows this, but I, I mean, I committed adultery, or I did fornicate, and I did this, or I stole something, or I slandered. I just really did this. Yeah, it's bigger than the blood of Jesus, isn't it? That was sarcasm, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> this is the problem with that. Listen to me. If you have not dealt with that in your heart, there will come a point in your life that you feel like that you deserve to be judged with sickness and disease. And your body and your cells in your body will work to make that happen. That was worth coming to church for. That's why guilt and shame should not be part of a believer's life whatsoever. I mean, that is such a free. I believe people can get healed. Just because they went, oh, wait a minute, you mean I have to do that? Yeah, you just examine your heart. If you feel like you are guilty or you haven't, you know, you just feel condemned because of something you've done, I'm telling you, whatever you believe in your heart is going to come to pass. People can lay hands on you. People can cast out the devil. They can do all kinds of things. But whatever you believe in your heart is what's going to be manifested. I'm not saying, you know, people are going to go, oh, dear Lord, if we get sick or whatever, you know, it's because of my heart. No, but I will say this. If you want to receive healing, you need to get a hold of your heart. This is not to condemn anybody. This works for me, too. Everybody. Healing is inside of you and me. 
1,000% of the power to heal is inside of you and me. It's in us. And But we've tried to search for it out here and feel like the Lord's trying to keep it from us because of what we're doing and because of our actions or because of this or because of that. Healing is inside of you and me. And if it's in us, the only thing to make that manifest is your heart to accept it and say, this is the will of God. This is the will of God. If you don't believe that you're going to be... Uh, you don't believe it's the will of God for you to be healed. And I know people will, this is, what, this is the way our mind thinks and our brain processes. Well, my grandmother, bless her soul, she was the closest person I knew to God. And, and she died of this sickness or disease. I know, I get that. We all know people like that. So there's no guilt or condemnation. You under, is everybody getting this? And let me just say this, for a believer, there's no defeat in dying because you were sick. Dying because, yeah, I want to make sure I got that right. There's no defeat. People go, oh, man, they were only 30 years old, 40 years old or whatever. Honey, you're with Jesus after that. So there's, there's no defeat or condemnation or guilt. You can take a 12-year-old, a 40-year-old, a 90-year-old, and none of them, and interview them in heaven and say, so, the door is open for you to go back to, to the earth. You, are you ready? <laughs> they will slam that door in your face or say, don't let the door hit you on your way out. But anyway, um, this is the thing. So, there's no guilt for people who have passed on because of some sickness or disease. Has everybody got that? Everybody hear that? But I do want us to have more victory when it comes to walking in health. This is one of the issues that will help you. Don't let the devil say, well, you just did this. But the devil won't say, you did this. He'll say this. He comes in first person. He'll say, I did this. And you think it's you. But if you accept what he says as you, and then you end up feeling guilty, then it just opens up that you feel like you should be punished. You feel like that. And so, if you start meditating on that, thinking about that, and believing it, your body, every cell in your DNA will work towards that to make it happen. It's a powerful thing. This is why God said, guard your heart. Guard it. Guard it with everything in you. For out of it flows the issues of life. Life happens because of what is in there. This is powerful. Success. How do you see yourself on the inside? Well, you know, I just didn't... I didn't even graduate high school. I didn't do this, and I didn't go to college. And, you know, I did poorly in school, and I did this. So I just don't feel like I can be successful. So, therefore, when you start getting promoted or there's a chance you get promoted, your, every cell in your body will do everything to try to make that not happen. Isn't that weird? 
I mean, that's just weird with a capital W. I'm telling you, it is. It's just weird. Because if you ask somebody, oh, yes, I want that job. I want that promotion. Oh, yes, I want to make more money. Oh, yes, I want to be more successful. But what do you believe about yourself? What's in your heart about that? This is why it's good to hear good preaching. You need to get your mind renewed that the gospel is good news, that God wants you to be successful. Whatever you put your hand to shall prosper. You need to know that. Because if you think it's the will of God for you to to lose your car or, or not to be because money is, you know, so wicked and evil. But it's the love of money which is wicked and evil. And you don't have to have two quarters to rub together to have that problem. No, but you just need to be mindful of that money is a means of how we get things and process things. And how we also use it to establish the gospel and the kingdom of God. The gospel is free. You know, somebody said, like, water is free. You can get all the water you want to in in the reservoir, yeah? But it costs money to make the pipe for that water to flow through. Amen? But how do you see yourself when it comes to success? Because in Proverbs 23, 7, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. God has established so many promises. He's made you the head, not the tail. He's made you above, not beneath. That's the way he made you. And by the way, that's how he sees you. That is how he sees you. People that are sick in a bed, he sees them well, healed, and whole. People that are living underneath the bridge, he sees them blessed and prosperous. He sees you that way. But that's not what's going to be manifested. What's going to be manifested is Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we shouldn't be asking ourselves, is this right or wrong, what I'm doing? No, what you should be asking is, how is this going to affect my heart? How is this going to affect my heart? Because that's what's going to affect your life. That is what's going to affect life. There are a lot of things that are not sin, but how will it affect your heart? How will it affect your heart? You know, people say, well, I can do. Paul even said that. He says, I can do anything. But he said, I choose not to. I choose not to. He says, I can eat, you know, back then uh, under the law, if you ate meat that sacrificed to a, an idol, I mean, that was a big heavy-duty sin. You shouldn't do that. And Paul comes along and goes, no, it's not. Because I'm not eating it in honor of that. I'm eating that because I'm hungry, and I'm going to eat that steak. But, but, he said, if I'm eating somebody that they would get offended, I don't do that. He doesn't want people's hearts to be affected either. It's all about our hearts, guys. This is why it's important to guard it. And it's important to always stay uh, Ezekiel 26, I believe. Or it could be 36. There's a 6 in there. But anyway, in Ezekiel, it says this. It says that God, he says, I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to take that stony heart out of you and give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. 
When does that happen? When you get born again, when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what's happened. You have a heart now that is pliable before God. And it's given to you and it's given to me. But we are the ones that are, are the caretakers of our heart. It's a heart that can be written on. David said, I write on my heart as a, uh, as a tongue of a ready writer. So he wrote on his heart by what he was saying. It's how you and I can write on our heart by what we say coming out of our mouth. But this is the thing. We can harden our heart. You know, the Bible says it this way, that God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. We studied that out, and people go, well, he hardened his heart, then Pharaoh didn't have a choice. No, that's not what he's saying. God gave the truth to Pharaoh, and he had a choice. And every time he chose against God, his heart got hardened. So the Bible interprets that as God hardening his heart. God doesn't harden anybody's heart. But this is what happens. When you hear truth and start rejecting it, your heart gets just a little bit harder. I don't believe it's the will of God for me to be healed. Your heart gets a little bit harder when it comes to that subject. I mean, I can preach healing. I've done this before at this church, and people visit, and they'll stop me at the door, good night, and they'll just preach me a sermon. Of anti-healing, or how God used somebody that was sick. I, well, God can do and, and use anything for sure, but it's not because He caused the sickness. Somebody says, you know, He He witnessed the so and so in the hospital. Well, if He was open, God was probably could say, go witness to that person in the hospital and walk on in your two legs instead of flat on your back. Anyway. We are the ones that can harden our heart by we keep rejecting the truth. We're rejecting what God is saying to us. This is the way. Walk you in it. Does that make sense? But the hardness of our heart, it, it says that it blinds us. It blinds us to see the truth of what God wants for our life. So, let's start guarding our heart. Let's start believing what the word says about you and me. That God has healed us. That God has blessed us. Just take 2 Peter 1.3. That is so, Can we read that one more time? 2 Peter 1.3. Let's read it one more time. 3 and 4. Can we read it out loud together? All right. 1, 2, 3. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all that was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. Woo! Everybody say, it's in me. Healing is in you. Prosperity is in you. The fruit of the Spirit is in you. The peace of God is in you. Patience is in you. Kindness. You people, some of you say, well, he's just a grumpy old crumunchin. Crumunchin? Is that what? How do you say it? Yeah, a person who's old is grumpy. But anyway, they, they, they say he, he's just like that. He's just like that. No, he's not like that. He is the kindest person that you would ever meet. It's in him. 
Don't say you can't be kind. Don't say you can't be loving. Don't say you can't be gentle. Don't say you can't be a person of faith. Don't say you don't have any self-control. Don't say anything about that because God, according to his word, has deposited of Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit, it is in us. You are the most patient person on the planet. It's all in you. You got to start with your heart and say, mm, my heart is going to change. I'm going to start thinking, I am so kind. I am so patient. I am so healed. My body functions right. Oh, my body functions so good. It's a working machine. <laughs> hitting on every cylinder. Hitting on every cylinder, man. Oh, man, I'm a V8 with high octane. You just got to start thinking that way. But this is what we are projected with the media and everything. You know, when you get old, you just start losing your memory. You know, when you get old, you just can't walk upstairs very good. You know, when you get old, you know, all of that stuff is going, you know, and you can't, you know, you can't see as good, so you can't drive as good. I told my wife, I'm going to drive until the day I'm 99 or until Jesus gets me home. I'm going to drive like a FedEx guy until the day I die. Just get out of my way, or I would put tread marks on your hood. But anyway, it's what you think. And guess what happens? What you thought, what you believed about yourself. You believe when you get old, you're going to be sucking on dentures through a straw, just whatever bad picture you can pick. You'll be like that. You can change that. I said, you can change it right here, right now, starting today. You can start changing that. And Caroline Leaf says that, that DNA can actually be changed. Your cells, I mean, not your DNA, but the cells in your body can actually be changed. It's been proven by neural, uh, these guys that are neurosurgeons. I don't know how they check it. You know, it's way above my pay grade. I don't know. But I do know this. I, I believe what she wrote. Your body can be changed. You got bad cells in your body? They can start being changed. You just, they got every cell, she says, has an on and off switch. And we turn switches off by our heart, by our thinking, by our believing. You start turning things off. And like I said, it affects everything out here. We are working out here to get things changed. God says, if you'll work in here, you'll see things change out here. You want to get a better job? You want to make more money? Mm-mm-mm. What have you been thinking on? What have you been thinking? You know, my father didn't make much money. You know, my grandfather, he didn't make much money. You know, we just come from a line of not make money people. Well, if I was you, I'd get out of that line. You know, I come from... People that, you know, they had a bad heart and that one had a bad heart. You know, we just have a line of bad hearts. Well, get out of that line. We just have a line of people not being healthy. Well, get out of that line. We come from a new generation. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, I'm a new creature in Christ. New creature in Christ. In other words, a creature that has never been before. I'm that. 
but you can fall back into the old man who's already dead, by the way. He's dead by thinking that's you. That's you. Oh, I've always had a drinking problem. You know, I'm just, you know, this is one thing I think uh, AA does a lot of good things, but this is one thing I totally disagree on. I'm an alcoholic. I'll always be an alcoholic. No, that's what I was. But that guy died, and I put him in the grave. He died, and I put him in the grave. So anything, that addiction that you have, you just say to yourself, no, that guy's dead. He's a dead man. You can write a song about it. I was dead. (laughs) Send the words to Blake Shelton. He'll sing it. But anyway, uh, God wants you and me to get a hold of this today. So you start thinking differently and believing differently. And this is what helped me. Philippians, it says this, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is good, of lovely, good report, think on these things. So, man, I was having trouble in my mind that all these negative, bad thoughts are coming in. And as soon as I start, I've, every time I do that, I'm going to grab that scripture and quote it to my brain and say, no, this is what you're going to think on. Amen? Let's stand. Hallelujah. This is a message that you need to hear again and again and again. This whole month, we're going to be talking about the heart, so you don't want to miss it. But we're going to be talking about the heart this whole month of August. Because I truly want people to see in their life the manifestation of the goodness of God. And I believe our hearts is what's keeping us from that. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. That you're just showing us. The veil's being lifted, I believe, in our church and people who are watching. The veil's being lifted to how things can change. And it is almost effortless. We've been working on the outside so hard. And if we could just take a little bit of that effort and work on the inside. All the joy, all the the changes and, and the things that we would see in our life. I pray for our family, that that would happen, our church family, that we would see ourselves the way that you see us and that we would start guarding our heart and saying, nope, I'm not letting that in. I'm not letting that in my life. That thought, no, I'm not letting it in. It's going to be more secure than Fort Knox. We pray for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen.